It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by DraftKings, where they have best ball, where you can still enter to go against Joe Dolan and myself in a DraftKings best ball draft. Yes, I will be giving away the first two contestants momentarily. Get in on this. We love best ball, and we love going against our listeners. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts. Greg Cosell was amazing on today's Ross Tucker football podcast discussing the AFC North. So if you like the Ravens or Browns or Bengals or Steelers, or even just want to hear the fantasy implications of what Greg said, certainly check out today's Ross Tucker football podcast. Thought it was really interesting yesterday on the Even Money podcast, hearing about some of the overachieving and underachieving teams a year ago based on the Pythagorean win formula. So check that out on the Even Money podcast. I've got A.J. Hawk coming up on Friday's Ross Tucker football podcast. Need to talk with him about Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, his buddy Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. There's a lot to get to there with A.J. Hawk. Really looking forward to it. Check me out if you can on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. Love those of you that engage in any way. It makes a great difference for us trying to grow this show, just like it, love it, share it, comment, reply, quote, tweet, whatever. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you roll, we are there. And uh, of course, at Ross Tucker Pod is that handle as well. Star of this show is Joe Dolan, has been for a long time now, the Fantasy Pros superstar. You can check him out on social media at FG underscore Dolan. He is the Fantasy Gangsta. Uh, the promo code, by the way, for his site, which you should absolutely use, is fantasypoints.com. And then use the code 21FEAST to get a discount on your subscription for this season. I mean, look, tomorrow is July. Tomorrow is July. July is when NFL training camp starts. So this has happened. Mm-hmm. It's happening right now. And you need to start to get ready to draft your team. And whatever you're doing. So make sure you're following Joe and make sure you use that code 21FEAST. We actually had, Joe, one of our best ball contestants, Hugo Matthew. Um, he's in because he sent me his Fantasy Points subscription. It's that easy. Sign up for FantasyPoints.com. Use the code 21FEAST. Send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. You got a great chance to be one of our best ball participants. Sounds great to me, Ross. I mean, best ball season is, I mean, best ball season's been here for months. Like I said, uh, Ross, you and I talk about the Sickos. The Sickos have been uh, drafting best ball teams since February, even before draft and free agency. I think those of us who, those of us who are just very sick, but just not, not that sick. We we started doing that uh, in May after the draft. I've been doing them pretty constantly. I always have something going. I did one Last night, uh, I, I did a high stakes draft. I've been 
firing off DraftKings best balls whenever I have, you know, I'm sitting on the couch watching something. Uh, there's uh, my wife watches the Hallmark movies, the, and and it's Christmas in July, uh, which they started in June, so it's not Christmas, it's not July, but they have Christmas in July in June. <laughs> And, and they're dumb movies, and and but uh, but does she they, they cry? Make... Does she no, cry? No, 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 no. Okay. I, I mean, Ross, my whole theory is like every now and again with one of those Hallmark movies. They, by the way, they pump out like eighty new Christmas movies a year. Just one, just one. I think it's just it, it should be like, and you don't know which one it is, so it keeps you on your toes. The lodge that they're trying to save burns down, or. Or there's uh, or there's uh, a, a death in the family, or they don't end up together. Just one. The, the other seventy nine <laughs> movies can be just the same old tripe that makes everybody happy, but they got to keep you on your toes. I think they. Sh- I think that's a winning strategy, and it would get a, a lot more of uh, of the disinterested spouses like myself to watch because, like, I, I think that that is my that's my plan anyway. But when she's watching they those, cold, they just get cold. In their stocking, and say, uh, "Hey, life's tough, kid. It, it didn't work out for you. Sorry." <laughs> the end of the movie. That, that, that's the end. Yeah, and then like everybody's like, "Oh, well, I guess that's the one." No, I, I, I but it, best ball. It's perfect time when you're just sitting on the couch. You don't have anything to do. You know, maybe maybe you can't fall asleep. Get get do a DraftKings best ball draft. It's great, man. Uh, uh, a lot of fun to do it, and it's going to help you get better at fantasy football. I will utterly guarantee that. Yeah, so two quick things. All you have to do to enter is take advantage of any of the sponsors you ever hear us talking about on this show or go to the Sponsors tab at RossTucker.com, figure out which one you need, which one you could use, and then, boom, use it. Send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com, and you get a great chance to be in it. Like Nathan Chidoni. Nathan Chidoni is the other one this week. All he did was subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, and make a comment. And now, boom, he's in the best ball with me and Joe. So we're going to find out this week who really wants it. What I really want now is to talk with my guy, Michael Beller, from The Athletic, at mbeller on Twitter. Got to know Michael over the last year or so. He's a stud. I mean – He's churning out content for the athletic like it's his job because it is his job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael, so Michael, for, for people that might not be familiar, um, your background and, and all the stuff you do for the athletic. Yeah, I uh, am a podcast host and producer, do pretty much all of our fantasy shows fantasy football, fantasy baseball, and our gambling content as well. I host them. I produce them, been with The Athletic for a couple of years, was at Sports Illustrated for close to a decade before that. So uh, exciting time of year, you guys. I absolutely love this uh, getting to like the fringes of, as Joe said, non-sicko fantasy prep time. Exactly. And by the way, I love that you said close to a decade. I was on a TV show once, and they used to always say – for me, better part of a decade. I played seven years, but saying I I played the better part of a decade in my head sounded so much better than seven years. Yeah. Like better sure. part of a decade, which is true because <laughs> it's more than five, but it sounds uh-huh. like I played 10 years when I didn't. 
What do you think, Joe? Five years in a month, round up. Let's yeah, do it. I, I, well, um, I'm, uh, well, Ross, let me say, whenever I'm involved in a decade, it's the worst part of the decade. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know uh, exactly. You know, there's a way, there's a way to massage language to, to make it sound mm. very good. And, and I guess that's, that's my job as an editor. But um, I mean, look, I've been, you know, what's funny about this, Ross, is I've been at this professionally for more than a decade, which is really scary. Um, you know, but uh, the, the industry has changed so much in that time. And then obviously, you know, the sports journalism industry has changed so much in, in that time. I'm a classically, classically trained sports journalist. I, that, that's what my degree is in. And the athletic has completely changed the game. And the athletic, as you you know, might imagine, uh, understands the importance of fantasy sports in addition to uh, the importance of traditional reporting. And we in the fantasy sports industry absolutely value traditional reporting. And that's kind of something that that um, I, we really missed last year, quite frankly. Um, we, we missed the access that beat writers had. And I understand, you know, the restrictions that people had just to get that NFL season off the ground. But I'm excited for a more traditional kind of uh kind of fantasy football season as i'm sure mike is too um they're obviously the athletic employees incredible beat writers for for the nfl teams it's a really good point actually michael that we'll have preseason games and we'll have beat writer training camp reports mm-hmm. observations this season how much of a difference do those two things make for you michael when it comes draft time Makes a lot. I mean, those people are on the ground and we all know best shape of his life stuff. And, oh, we want to get player X 120 targets this year. And we think Mm -hmm. this running back can handle 22 touches per game. You know, we all know that that's, you know, just the things that coaches say. But these are our beat writers. You know, beat writers across the sports industry are, for the most part, people who have been tied to those teams for years. Right. And so they understand the teams. They understand the players. They understand the coaches. And they can take the coach speak that we just get, they can take that and translate into something that actually means something. So I do think we are going to be all across the entire fantasy landscape going into this season with a much better handle on where all 32 teams stand than we were a year ago. You know, you know, Ross, as exhausting as like the Zoom era was for for a lot of people, and I'm sure even coaches and players really hated talking to a screen. Um, but the, the advantage that gave teams and the disadvantage it gave us is teams could very, very gently massage every message they wanted out. You know, there was no beat writers on the ground, you know, at, at training camp practices saying, oh, man, look, uh, Hollywood Brown's been dropping a ton of pass. And I'm just I'm just throwing that, that out there as like an anecdotal type of thing. Hollywood Brown had a rocket ship attached to his ass for ADP last year. <laughs> um, and there was nobody on the ground who could check us on that. Not to pick on Hollywood Brown, but you know, maybe somebody whose ADP is rising this year, somebody like a Jalen Hurts, who's, you know, who's a sixth, seventh round pick because everybody understands the value of a running quarterback. There's no beat writers on the ground saying, oh my God, dude, Jalen Hurts is unbelievably accurate or vice versa. Jalen Hurts couldn't hit the broadside of a barn right now. Like there's, there, there was none of those, those checks against what teams are going to say. I, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you might want to sit down with the news I'm about to give you. Coaches lie. They, they lie. General managers lie. Players lie. They want everything to be good, you know, um, and, and you know, all those hype trains. They were unchecked hype trains last year. We're going to have that checks and balances system back this year. You know, obviously, if you go to The Athletic and follow their beat writers, as, as I follow them all on Twitter, um, and, and that's a really important part of our process. Now, 
we, we, we have to filter through the filter, right? Like the, the beat writers filter what the teams are giving us. And we have to filter what the beat writers are giving us. And, and so there, there's a few degrees of separation. So we're not always going to be right, but we're going to try to distill that information. That's what we do. Well, before we get to there, that doesn't mean people can't already have opinions ahead of training camp. And For sure. Michael's got a bunch of them. Curious to get his thoughts on some of the guys he's higher on than most. And some of the guys, he's lower on than most. I think that's what's so fun about this time of year. I know you're higher on Ek, uh, Austin Eckler, Michael. We actually talked to the Majuk ladies last week. They sort of gave the Eckler um, top five running back argument. So I want to skip mm -hmm. to J.K. Dobbins. You are higher on J.K. Dobbins, the Baltimore Ravens running back, than most. Why is that, Michael? I just think that he's set to take over an even larger role. And I think that I, I think it's more actually the fact that the downside of J.K. Dobbins is being significantly oversold right now. Gus Edwards is going to be involved. We all know that you can be as high on Dobbins as I am. I know that Gus Edwards is going to have a role. Gus Edwards should have a role from the Ravens point of view. Gus Edwards is a good, effective running back who really fits what the Ravens want to do. Of course, he should have a role in that offense. But guess what? He had a role in that offense in the second half of last season when J.K. Dobbins really started taking off for that team. There is plenty of room for these two guys to have big-time success alongside one another, to have plenty of success with Lamar taking the chunk out of the rushing game that he does. And J.K. Dobbins, just as obviously as Gus Edwards is going to have a role, J.K. Dobbins is that obviously the number one guy in this backfield. This is an incredibly run-heavy offense. You can talk all about Lamar taking more snaps, snaps under center, and they uh, drafted Rashad Bateman with their first overall pick, and they want to use more uh, uh, downfield concepts this year. Another smart thing for the team. They can say that as much as they want. This is still going to be a run-first, run-often, run-heavy offense, and J.K. Dobbins is going to be the guy who is at the heart of that. I really see nothing standing in between him and 250 carries, and I think that's something that he can really use to his advantage. I feel very good getting J.K. Dobbins at, at ADP, and I would even be comfortable going maybe half a round higher than it because I do think that this year, year two for him, is one in which he takes a monster step forward in terms of production. Joe? Yeah, Ross, um, I Dobbins is one of those guys who's kind of slipped uh, through the cracks for me at this point because – um, I've often found myself at the beginning of the third round in need of a wide receiver, and I've ended mm -hmm. up taking receivers at that point. But I, I, I do want to throw a couple stats out that kind of support Michael's point here. Now, keep this in mind. Over the last nine games last season, Mark Ingram was essentially benched for the Ravens, and then things started to kind of take off for them a little bit. Over that stretch, uh, Dobbins had 101 carries for 593 yards and eight touchdowns. He averaged 13.7 fantasy points per game in PPR. That would have ranked him over the full season RB22, tied with Kareem Hunt. So he's going uh, ahead of that RB22. He's RB17 off the board, give or take, as an early third-round pick. But if you take a deeper look at the way he produced, um, let, let's let, let's look at some of the analytics and what where he has produced. Per Sports Info Solutions, um, since the start of 2018, uh, 70 running backs have had 150 or more carries, J.K. Dobbins among them. Uh, among those running backs, Dobbins is second in EPA, which is which is a, a, a points added metric, second in yards per carry, 
third in first downs per carry, and fourth in success rate. For pro football focus, among the 53 running backs that had 100 or more touches on the 2020 season, Dobbins was 15th best in missed tackles force per touch. And he's a better receiver than Gus Edwards. Um, I think because Gus Edwards signed a multi-year extension, you know Gus Edwards is getting 100 carries this year. That is a guarantee. Lock it in. But... This is the most explosive and run heaviest uh, run game in the NFL. It's the run heaviest team in the NFL. They've easily led the NFL in rush attempts in each of Lamar's two full seasons as a starting quarterback. There is room for J.K. Dobbins to produce and get better this year. Um, uh, he is somebody who has slipped through the cracks for me. And that scares the hell out of me because you know what kind of production somebody in this run game can, can put up. And without the Baltimore Ravens trying to force in that third wheel the way they did last year, I think the, I think there is massive upside here for J.K. Dobbins. Here's an interesting one, Michael. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. I, I really I don't even know where people have him right now. You're higher on him than most. Why? I just can't quit this guy. He's just barely inside the top 30 among wide receivers. And I get a little bit of like Stefan Diggs flavor from him this year. And a guy who has had an established track record has fallen off of it a little bit is I think pretty clearly the number one option in his team's passing game. We do worry a little bit about the run heaviness of the Cleveland offense, but you know, is he ever going to get back to those heyday giant years? Maybe not. But let's just rewind to 2019, a year that everyone chalked up as a disastrous season for Odell Beckham and one in which people are using as sort of a marker of the beginning of his downturn. 74 catches, 1,035 yards, four touchdowns with a very green Baker Mayfield as the starting quarterback. Now Baker Mayfield's feeling very confident. We've got a Cleveland team that comes into this year feeling very good about itself among the AFC favorites, as it should be. And you have a guy who is just quietly uh, a previous superstar who is the clear-cut number one receiving option in the offense. I'm not saying draft Odell Beckham where we used to when he was with the Giants and we were treating him as a top three receiver. I'm not saying even treat him as a wide receiver one. But this is a guy who's barely going inside the top 30. The track record that he has, still in his late 20s, the obvious number one passing option on what we all expect to be a 10, maybe 11 win team. I just think everything lines up for Odell Beckham to bounce back and have at least a very easy, comfortable wide receiver two year. You're getting him at a high-end wide receiver three price. This is a very easy one for me to get behind. Joe? Yeah, Ross, um, another player who slipped through the cracks for me because and, – and this is one area where you have to look at yourself when you're doing a draft. And you have to say I, – I look at a name and I'm like, mentally you cross that – and Mike, Mike knows how this works. You look at a name and you're mentally just crossing that name off your list. You're just like, all right, well, I'll let some other sucker take him. Here's the problem with Odell Beckham. Everybody hates Odell Beckham. <laughs> Everybody's been burned by Odell Beckham. Ergo, everybody is crossing Odell Beckham off their draft boards. Meanwhile, you've I've seen him slip into the seventh, even the eighth round of drafts at time, which is just stupid. It's stupid. You do not have to invest in Odell Beckham. And maybe there's a 5% chance he becomes 90% of what he was with the Giants. In the seventh round, I'll take that bet. I, I, I'm just going to take that bet. Now, here are some of the names he's going around, just just for, for reference. He's going behind Kenny Galladay with the Giants. I have no effing clue what to do with Kenny Galladay this year. He's going behind T. Higgins, who could be the third option in, in Cincinnati. He's going behind Brandon Ayuk, who I 
is somebody I love this year. I would take over Beckham, but he basically has a half season worth of track record. He's going right ahead of Chase Claypool, who I love in best ball. Um, uh, he's going right ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster, who I don't love. And he's going right ahead of DJ Chark, somebody else I like this year. Um, I just, I think the price is beyond fair. I mean, it's, he's mixed in with guys I like and guys I don't. And I should probably start to diversify a little bit. You know, I've taken a ton of Chase Claypool. I've taken a ton of DJ Chark in those ranges where Odell Beckham is getting drafted. And I could definitely see Odell Beckham having kind of a renaissance season. I don't think it's going to mean 1,400 yards, but it could mean 1,100. And at that price, if that Browns offense continues to ascend, then it's a really good buy. You're also higher, Michael, than other people. You sent me a list because I, I was bugging you for it, which I appreciate. <laughs> uh, Tua. Tua. I'm, I'm curious. I want to hear someone make the argument for Tua. I've heard a lot of the arguments against Tua. <laughs> Tell me why you're higher on Tua than most. Um, so it goes back to really what last season was. Let's all, we all remember what last season was. Tua, just like every other rookie, came in. No training camp. No exhibition games. Tua also was hamstrung by a team that was not going to start him, starting Ryan Fitzpatrick, a team that was surprisingly competitive, so couldn't afford to let him fail on the field and learn on the field because suddenly they're looking like a potential playoff team. They just missed out on being that. And so you have all these factors working against Tua Tungavailoa that are all gone this year. All of those wiped off the slate. He is for sure the starting quarterback. There's no surprise in the Dolphins potentially being a competitor this year. He had that whole season with the Brian Flores staff a year ago. He has a training camp. He had minicamp. He had OTAs. He will have exhibition games. And on top of all that, he's got a much better supporting cast this year than he had a year ago. Chief among that being Will Fuller added to the mix here. So now you've got someone who can help him stretch the field, who can push down the field, who can be this big separator downfield and also open things up for all the different weapons that he has. We still are talking about team with Devontae Parker and Preston Williams and they uh, added to, uh, the, the, the draft picks that they made. We still have Mike Kosicki in the mix here. Miles Gaskin really showing himself to be an effective weapon for this team a season ago. I just really think that everything is lined up for Tua to be the guy who just two years ago, we were all saying this is a can't-miss prospect coming out of college, and now everyone's ready to write him off because of a bad year in a pandemic season in which he was his team's backup quarterback and was never really given a full chance to succeed. I think this is another easy one. I love to. I think he's got QB1 upside at an incredibly affordable price. Joe, do you like Tua? Tua? Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> Yes, I have a lot of them, but be only because of his price. Um, yeah, it's fair. And, and like, and here is here's the thing with Tua. It's I, I don't know if I don't know if QB one like maybe like eleven or twelve at quarterback is in the range of outcomes, but like I just don't see that level of upside with him. That being said, I love his price. Um, he's coming off the board as QB twenty. We have him projected as QB twenty one, um, which means the price is fair. But I def I, I think there's more upside in that price than there is downside. Um, I I just wonder if Tua is going to end up becoming if he hits his kind of ceiling as a player. Um, if he's going to become more of like a Kirk Cousins kind of fantasy quarterback. Now, they're different players. Um, I think uh, our guy Greg Cosell Ross, when when he, Tua came out of, of Alabama last year, he said for him to hit his ceiling, he's going to have to be like a Drew Brees because he doesn't have a power arm. He's mm -hmm. just going to have to be a big-time uh, uh, processor. He's going to have to make quick decisions. He's going to have to be accurate and distribute the football. 
I think it's for somebody like that who doesn't have like the out otherworldly athleticism to kind of bail him out um, early in his career the way somebody like Kyler Murray or Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts has. I, I think that limits to his upside. That being said, as QB 20, QB 21 off the board, Mike broke down all the weapons he has around him in Miami. There's way more upside in that pick than there is downside. So, I mean, like he, he's somebody who's going after guys like Justin Fields who are not even guaranteed to start uh, at the start of the season. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's plenty of upside into us. Uh, don't expect a ceiling from him but like if you're waiting on your quarterback and you say i gotta take two of them Tua could very very well uh turn out to outproduce his adp speaking of upside there's way more upside to taking keeps than not taking keeps i've told you guys two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35 not to call anybody out but on this show right now, it's three out of three, okay? It's three out of three by the age of 35. So, look, there's nothing wrong with it. And if you don't care about going bald, more power to you. But if you'd like to keep what you have, and I wanted to for podcast, video, and for TV or whatever, keeps. It's really easy. It's a pill I take every morning. It's a topical solution that I rub on. You know why? Because there's only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. I take both from Keeps. What was the old guy? I'm not just the owner. I'm a customer or whatever. I'm not just telling you about it. I'm a customer. Go to Keeps.com slash feast to receive your first month of treatment for free. If it's free, it's for me. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash feast to get your first month free keeps.com slash feast let's feast on some guys that you are lower on than most michael and i want to try to start a fight so <laughs> last week joe got in a fight with the majuke ladies over cam Akers. i mean they almost punched each other through the through the monitor here you despise Najee Harris, Michael. You hate everything about him. Why do you hate Najee Harris so much? I can't stand the guy. Actually, uh, that, that story is just not about all the great work he's doing in the community. Uh, it came out like yesterday, and it made me feel horrible that I'm, like, that I'm lower on him uh, than most people. I think that there is some significant risk tied to him in what Pittsburgh might be. I think there is some risk that is not being associated with him in the potential for this Pittsburgh team for the bottom just to fall out on them. I do think that that uh, is something that has pretty much never been in play during Ben Roethlisberger's career and that it is in play this season. I don't know how big that risk is. I think it's greater than is being assumed because I think basically it's not being assumed to exist at all when you look at pretty much all the ADPs for this team other than Roethlisberger's. But I think it's there. And I think that Najee Harris, while he is uh, going to accumulate just a ton of volume, uh, there's no questioning that, that if this team does take a big step back offensively, it's going to hurt everyone there. And I, I should say that, of course, there are plenty of uh, uh, examples in recent memory. All you have to do is go back one year to find a running back who has been a great fantasy running back on a bad team. And no, I don't think that the Steelers, as bad as I think they could be, aren't going to be anywhere near what the 2020 Jaguars were, and they had an RB7 in James Robinson. So I have to acknowledge that too. But I think with the possibility of this offense bottoming out, and this is really what does it for me, the opportunity cost tied to Najee Harris 
is what has me going away from him. I love the player. I think he's going to, I think he's a very good player. If he were going in the middle of the second round or in the late second round, rather than late first, early second, I would have no problem with it. But when you think of all the names that you're passing on to get Najee Harris, that's where I ultimately get a little bit concerned with him. So that's why I am not really going to end up with him. That's why I, I, I like him. There's just always going to be someone in a draft who likes him more than I do. You know, Joe, there is a chance that they have the worst O-line in the NFL mm-hmm. and that Big Ben shot. I mean, that is, that, is yes. a, that is in the realm of possibility. That being said, Ross, I think a lot of people would say um, the steal. Uh, so in the analytic community, everybody bashed the pick of Najee Harris. Well, because for hundreds of reasons already established, um, nobody's moving off of their spot on that analysis. But consider that the Steelers made that pick for a reason. The Steelers believe that the problem with the run game last year was the running back. The Steelers believe that. How do we know the Steelers believe that? Because they spent a first-round pick on Najee Harris and not on an offensive lineman. Now, they did take two mid-round offensive linemen, both of whom probably have a chance to play this year, given the state of their offensive line, and Kendrick Green and Dan Moore. But the Steelers are telling you, we believe that the reason for our team not having a good run game last year was in large part the running back. That is easy to see because they took Najee Harris in the first round. We can go back to Mike Tomlin's history as the head coach in Pittsburgh. This is somebody who has always preferred to have. Now, that doesn't mean when he's forced to, he doesn't employ a running back rotation, but he has always preferred to have that guy dating back, you know, when Rashad Mendenhall was was carrying the football to obviously Le'Veon Bell is the big example. When Le'Veon Bell was out, injured, suspended, D'Angelo Williams did those things. When Le'Veon Bell was gone, James Conner, when he was healthy, did those things. Now, I agree. The offensive line is a huge problem this year. But this is not, to me, a Clyde Edwards-Alaire situation. When we were drafting Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round last year, we were acknowledging the landmines. We were acknowledging this is this is a luxury pick for this team, but we thought, you know, he's going to get enough receptions for it to pay off. We knew they weren't going to run the ball 25 times a game with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I don't think it's the same with Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh has a plan in place for Najee Harris, and I think what might end up being poor because of efficiency, given the state of the offensive line, I think Najee Harris can make up for with volume. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be pretty. But I think the the thing about Najee Harris was early in the offseason, I said, I think the hype train's going to take off. I think he's going to be a consistent first-round pick by the end of the summer. In some high-stakes leagues, he's going higher in high-stakes leagues. To me, it looks like high-stakes players are higher on Najee Harris than um, than Joe Fantasy. Um, I, guess, I guess I am Joe Fantasy, but uh, that, that's that's neither here nor, nor there. Um, I think the state of the offensive line and the recent news of David DeCastro being released, essentially admitting that he might have to retire. I think that is going to stagnate Najee Harris's ADP. And I actually think in a lot of leagues, it's going to end up where Mike said he would be comfortable taking Harris in the middle to back end of the second round. That's just kind of making me like him more. Um, I'll take that discount on Harris. I was somebody who was acknowledging I thought he was going to be a first-round pick. I'm not necessarily sure that's going to happen anymore, Ross. And that makes him easier to stomach for me. I think he's going to get 300 touches this year. Check out this man at fantasypoints.com at FG underscore Dolan. Check out the other man at The Athletic at M. Beller for all of his podcasts, all of his stories. These guys are full-time fantasy studs. 
Thank you, gentlemen. I am stuffed. That was amazing. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 